Who am I? It's an interesting question, don't you think? No, I'm not asking you to tell me who I am. I've not suddenly developed amnesia. And I'm not having a fucking existential crisis. Um, or am I? Maybe I am. I'm just wondering whether you ask yourself a very simple question. Who am I? Or are you so sure you know and understand yourself very well already? Maybe you wouldn't think of asking yourself such a question. And I'd understand that. But I've come to appreciate why we should ask this simple question. Ideally every day. Here's the ultimate question for life, for self-inquiry, for gaining self-knowledge and self-awareness. And in fact, it opens the door to all the other questions in life like, what am I here for? What do I want? Who am I? Is it the question of all questions? Is man's search for meaning, does it start right there? I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard of the great philosophical proverb posed by the ancient Greeks, know thyself, attributed to Socrates, I believe. One seemingly very simple command that boils down the entire wisdom of philosophy. Now, uh, I'm no philosopher, unless I've had a few, then I think we all think we are, but I am one delving into myself a bit. <clears throat> That's come across a bit wrong. Should we try that again? Uh, I am learning to understand myself at a deeper level. And it's been an ongoing process of stealth discovery, I'd say over the last few years, um, because otherwise my life would have easily tumbled out of control without me really knowing what the hell was going on in my head, in my heart, with my thoughts, feelings, and behaviours. You see, we might inhabit our selves, but from what I can see, we seldom manage to make much sense of who we are. We easily have off days where we feel shit and irritable or angry without really knowing why. We might feel completely lost in terms of what we're doing with our life. What's our purpose? What is this career I'm trying to create? But we're also really bad in defining what we really want. What we want out of life. You know, some people have said to me, oh, I want to do something creative. I want to make the world a better place. I want to get out of the nine to five. I want to live off the grid, etc." But these are all desires that are so vague, they can't really help us stop being at the complete mercy of our environment and the demands and the needs of the other people around us. Because we don't really know ourselves enough to truly know what we want out of life and what we can really contribute to the world. I don't, most people just don't, don't dig deep like that. I guess for many, it's actually something we avoid. And I get that. It's kind of like, oh, I don't want to go down that path because I'm a bit worried about what I'll find there. It's not an easy process, self-inquiry. And I'm actually finding it stirs some shit up. You know, when you're asking yourself, who am I? What am I here for? What's my purpose in life? What do I want for fuck's sake? These are important questions I try and ask myself almost on a daily basis. And I, yeah, I can, I can hear you. You're probably thinking, she sounds bloody self-obsessed, that woman. But nobody else is going to question me more than me. 
There was a great analogy uh, outlined in, in a book called I Am, written by the wonderful Howard Falco. Um, I've read this book three times over now, and I'm going back in for a fourth. It's now covered in notes and highlights and stuff. It's rich, really. It, it requires rereading, certainly with my slow brain. And here's a simple analogy he uses. You're driving a car. How much do you know about that car? Okay, petrolheads, back in your box. If you knew the inner workings of the car you're driving, which just as an aside, I don't. I haven't got a clue. I can barely fill the water vestibule for the wipers. Or know where it is, if I'm honest with you. But if you knew the inner workings of that car you were driving, wouldn't you be able to drive it better? If you had that knowledge, wouldn't you have much more control and confidence in how you were driving? You'd have better resources and skills for fixing it when it broke down. And you'd have a much better idea of how to maximise its performance and potential. This knowledge would give you so much more freedom to get where you wanted to go and to get there quicker. That's what self-awareness is. It's a knowledge and an understanding of the car that is you. It's no different. You see, my first real dive into self-inquiry was through therapy, through counselling. Out of necessity before my head completely fell off. I've been through therapy twice and I'm not ashamed to admit it. The first time was after bawling my eyes out during what was supposed to be a five-minute doctor's appointment. I couldn't stop. I couldn't speak. I was shaking uncontrollably. And, you know, when you get all that snot coming out your face and tears coming down from your eyes, it's not a pretty sight. Pouring everywhere. The poor guy had to wait for me to stop before we could even have a conversation. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. Something was triggering me. And this is what my reactions were like. Off the scale, confusing, exhausting and completely debilitating. So I think therapy is an important thing for people to do. You know, I've got friends that are counsellors and, and know that just talking things through as a way of understanding what is going on in your head and in your heart is a really productive, healthy thing to do. See, psychology has enabled us to get a sense of the two parts of the mind the conscious mind and the unconscious or subconscious mind. Between we've got easy access to the conscious mind and then understanding what lurks beneath in those dirty little shadows. And yes, you know you have them, your little shadow self. And I learned through therapy that there's two of me. No, I'm not a split personality. Not when I'm sober anyway. There's the person that everybody could see on the outside. The confident, expressive, straight-talking businesswoman. But there's also a vulnerable little girl who is still very much resident in here. And this created, well, you know, if I'm honest, still does sometimes, a whole heap of conflicts in my thoughts, in my feelings, and the resulting actions that emerge. The second time I went through therapy, it was during a very challenging time. And because at that time, the thoughts and feelings and behaviours that I was having were being instigated by the vulnerable little Leanne being played out by the loud, confident, driven woman that was just reacting all over the place to life in all kinds of ways. And unfortunately, usually fueled by alcohol, which made it worse. You know, confident to the outside world, dying on the inside, scared and vulnerable and not really knowing what was going on. And if I'm honest, pretty much drinking a bottle of wine a day just to deal with myself. That poor therapist... The second therapist had no idea who was turning up one week to the next. 
One week, there I am, sludging into the room in jogging pants and a hoodie, hood up like a teenager, no eye contact, no makeup, grunting and looking like shit. The next time, swanning in with a full face of makeup, dressed up to the nines, talking at 100 miles an hour, and it would go from one extreme to the other. But, in the end, therapy gave me a new sense of self that I'd not had before. You see, my mum sadly passed away when I was 10. I was an only child at the time, uh, and I lived on the other side of Manchester to the rest of my family. So when I was younger, I spent a lot of time alone, often feeling ignored, like I was an inconvenience, I suppose. And it turns out, because of this, I've got a need to be seen, a need to prove that I matter, to validate my own worth in this world. And that comes directly from those experiences as a child. And as I've started to see this clearly, a lot of things have started to make more sense. It's why I've got an A-type personality. It's why I'm an extrovert with a lot to say. Well, I am on a bloody podcast, for example. It's why I overperformed and overachieved at everything. Straight A's at school, on every sports team, fast-moving career progression, etc. On it goes. And... <laughs> I recently had a personality profile done too, as maybe another form of getting some self-awareness. And the headline statement, bear in mind what I've just said, Leanne gives a strong first impression and comes across as a lively and engaging individual. It's normal for Leanne to take the lead in a conversation, rarely taking the back seat or allowing someone else to take the limelight. I mean, no shit, Sherlock. That was a cold light of day moment when I first read that. You know, that's probably quite annoying to some people. And why was I doing that? Because I needed that validation. Because that vulnerable little girl inside of me wanting to know that I mattered in the world. And that was my only way of getting that validation, of showing that I was good enough to myself. Perfectionism and performing all the time. It can be really, really crippling. I'd create my own stress. I was the one who put pressure on myself. I was the one who beat myself up. It, it didn't. Things didn't go the way I wanted. This should have, would have, could have, was all self-generated. It didn't come from anybody else. Failing wasn't an option. My ego couldn't cope with it. That's self-awareness. And it's taken me over 51 years to be able to see myself so clearly. Now, as things play out in daily life, I understand when I'm setting expectations now that are unreal. I understand when I'm setting expectations on other people in situations that I'm creating in relationships, in friendships, in experiences, in work situations. I now realise that if a certain thing didn't happen the way I expected it, then I would see that as a failure, a rejection. I'm not good enough. It was completely warped, a warped lens that I was looking through in each and every situation. I was doing it to myself because it came from beliefs about who I am. And those beliefs come from those experiences being a child that sense of loss that sense of grief that sense of feeling alone and it affected every single area of my life so by becoming more self-aware by doing things more consciously by understanding who i think i am and where that's coming from i am going through a process of i suppose you'd call it waking up of trying to overcome my negative subconscious thoughts and feelings which were automatically running my life this is a good thing but let me tell you it's not always easy 
as I've said, you know, just in thinking about this podcast and how I've been conditioned, instigated flashbacks to feelings from when I was a kid. And trust me, it didn't feel good and actually resulted in a couple of very teary meltdowns lately. So this is no preachy pill I'm offering you here. But greater understanding of myself is giving me more control over how I view, how I interpret, and how I respond to life. Who am I? I ask myself that question every day. It's how I start every meditation. Who am I? I don't try and force the perfect answer. I sit with it. Who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose? What am I grateful for? I'm not straining for the answers. Letting the questions go. Just see what comes up in the, in the meditation that I do. It's a way, of, suppose, of getting in tune with who I really am. So in addition to therapy, personality testing, that's fun. Uh, and meditation, all powerful tools for becoming more self-aware. And you know, if you can... If you can do that on a daily basis, you kind of, you stop getting caught up in self-pity and thoughts, reactions and belief systems. Most of the time, it's not a perfect journey. Far from it. But the more you understand yourself, who you are and how you define yourself, then you have some sense of why you are creating and experience the life you live today. The more, the more you know what, how and why you're the person that you are, the more control you can have over who you can be. And the more you can do things that you didn't think you're capable of in any aspect of life. You know, overcoming those old stories and narratives that are running through your head and you become more aware that they're there in the first place. You know what I mean? I'm too old to insert anything in life that you think you're too old to do. Nobody will love me because list all the insecurities that you've got about the way you look, the personality you have, how much money you earn, the job you do. I will never have money because, shout out all those self-limiting beliefs about what you're capable of. It's how you are defining yourself. And if you can understand that first and stop letting most of your life be created subconsciously, things get better because you can start to create your life consciously. You can let go of any limited idea of who you are and who you can be. But you have to see what that limited view of yourself is first. You have to see the pattern to recognize it in order to be able to change it, in order to play another record, to dance to a different drum, bum. You know, in this very powerful book, I Am, by Howard Falco reminds us that the statement, I am, is one of the shortest sentences in the written word, but one of the most powerful. Thinking of how you define yourself thinking about what comes after those two words, I am. You can change them in a moment. You can change how you think, feel and act in a moment. We're just not aware we can do that. You see, being self-aware comes and goes. Sometimes you're really conscious of what you're doing and other times you're not. You're an autopilot. It takes effort and habit to be conscious of these things. And the biggest indicator is how you react to things. And that's been like my notification system to what's going on, how I feel. Everyone can do it. Your body's like the perfect indicator of the truth. You feel things in your body before they come out of your mouth. We can all tune into this. When you're scared, you get a pit in your stomach. When you're angry, maybe, you know, your cheeks go pink. 
when you're judging somebody, you can feel it. It feels uncomfortable. And when that happens, you can just go, stop. Let me just think about what's going on here. Let me question it a little bit. And then you try and see the root cause of your reaction before you react at all. When you start becoming conscious, more self-aware, actually makes you more accepting of others and their situation as well. Because you can start to reflect on your own behaviour and then relate it to others and why somebody might be behaving in a certain way. So you can start to change things. You can use this to make your life better and to improve your relationships. And you can use it to achieve more in your life. That's the same for your personal life and your professional life. You know, sadly, these days, our sense of self is is influenced way too much by the company we keep and the need for social acceptance. It's really easy to fall into the trap of giving up our own independent thought and will because we're trying to fit in to be socially accepted because that gives us a sense of belonging, of mattering, of people caring. We submit to group behaviour and lose ourselves in the process sometimes. If you think about gangs, think about cliques in school, friend groups we have, even the workplace, corporate businesses. I've been hearing horror stories about this for people I know that work in corporate um, businesses suddenly behaving in a certain way that might go against everything you actually value and believe in and you're not even conscious of it because you've got that survival instinct to fit in and do well and adopt what other people are doing in order to ensure that because life brings a constant stream of information but really you don't have to interpret it in the same way as you always have done if you start being aware of how you're interpreting it and why and where's that coming from to break those negative patterns by first making the unconscious conscious. You can stop reacting to the past and believing in things that you thought were true that, that really aren't. You see, we can choose our thoughts, our feelings and our actions. We can stop trying to always fit in and harmonise with our environment. Let's just be ourselves. Let's understand what we really want out of life. You know, Brenny Brown, another great author I highly recommend, who researches the human condition in many different ways, you know, award-winning author. She was recently quoted as saying, the reason there's so much hate and unhappiness in the world is because people lack self-awareness. It's the starting point. I really believe this. It's a really important theme for me because I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm having to live it. I'm going through that process myself. It's a topic with many different strands that I want to explore. And my true wish is that if we all start being more conscious of what we're thinking and feeling today and reflect on it and we just know that we can change it in a moment.